Hello, and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel. Today, I'm joined by Nura Rochelle, an evolutionary astrologer, herbalist, and yoga instructor who's here to ground cosmic wisdom. And we are going to be doing a 2020 overview of major astrological events, aspects that are in the works for us. We're going to do our best to cover as, as much as we possibly can, but realistically, there's so much happening in this beginning of a new decade that in order to keep up with month to month, you're just going to have to listen to our monthly segment with Uni and Andreas. Thank you so much, Nura, for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this and have you back so soon. And both of us older and wiser now that both of our birthdays have passed. <laughs> Much wiser. And there is so much to cover. We'll be starting the new year out with a full moon lunar eclipse, which is going to be taking place in Cancer at 20 degrees on the 10th. That same exact day, we're going to have Uranus, who has been retrograde. It's our last retrograde planet. And all the other planets have gone direct at this point, is going to station direct. So right out the gate... We have this strong energy that's bringing in what we had last year with the Capricorn Cancer focus with the eclipse. And also we had a Mercury retrograde in Cancer in 2019 as well. So I'm curious to hear what you think about that full moon lunar eclipse. And of course, we're going to have the powerful Saturn-Pluto conjunction that pretty much every astrologer is talking about with good reason. That's going to happen just two days afterwards on the 12th of January. Yes. Okay. So this first full moon eclipse, this is a lunar eclipse happening January 10th, right out the gate, right when we're in the midst of some of the most intense energy of our Capricorn stellium. We have the sun there. Jupiter just recently moved into Capricorn, Mercury, Saturn, Pluto. And so, of course, we have to remember that north and south node are the conscious level of our evolution. Pluto is the subconscious level. So when we're working with eclipses, eclipses can only happen when they are close, when the sun and moon in their full moon or new moon phase are close enough to the axis of the eclipses. Mm. So we have moon at 20 degrees Cancer and north node of the moon at 8 degrees Cancer for that January 10th lunar full moon eclipse. And so what that is pulling in is this focus on the north node because we have the moon conjunct the north node. North node is future. North node is that guiding light. North node is that path to bliss. When we focus on the north node, we're rewarded. But yet you notice on the opposite end of that spectrum, we've got a Capricorn stellium. Mm. And so we're still focusing on the deconditioning. We're still focusing on the past. We're still looking at practicality. We're still looking at personal responsibility. We are looking at the dedication that comes from working with Capricorn energy and the authenticity that comes when we are aligning with that path. Yet we are at the same time being catapulted forward at rocket speed toward this new level of self-nourishment, which is cancer. Mm. So when we are moving towards this north node cancer we're in these final degrees of north node in cancer and we get these final opportunities to really map out what self-care means to us in balance with the things the projects 
the career paths, all of the Capricornian aspects of our life that we're most dedicated to. So how do we balance self-care and dedication to our path? Beautiful. I love that. And that is setting us up for this major aspect between Saturn and Pluto, which are, of course, these outer planets. They're so far out. Not only can we not see them with the naked eye. Yeah, we can see up to Saturn. But exactly. Yeah, the other ones we couldn't see until somebody discovered a telescope or rediscovered. Depends or rediscovered. on you know, yeah. if, you, if you believe in the whole Atlantis. I totally do. Or is that Star Wars too, right? <laughs> Anyways. The force is strong. The right force now. is strong right now, y'all. That's what we're trying to get at. So keep with us. And the Saturn and Pluto conjunction, it doesn't happen often. And it won't ever happen again in our lifetime in this exact sign. That it will not. Which makes it very special. The last time that we had this conjunction happen was in the 80s. If that gives you kind of an idea of how often this takes place and why every astrologer that you see or hear of or you scroll through on Instagram is going to be shouting from the rooftops about how powerful this is. And I'd love to have your insight on what it means for us and how it's setting up the rest of the year with this Capricorn energy. Absolutely. Especially because Jupiter is in Capricorn. Yes. So Pluto is our subconscious desires of the soul this is our evolutionary intention and so of course we look at where we have pluto in our natal chart individually to understand our evolutionary intention but when we're observing these collective transits the whole collective is going through this subconscious transformation now saturn's job his function whenever he connects with any other planet is to force us to focus on it and so you know pluto can be doing his thing in our subconscious and we might be trying really hard to avoid those lessons and really hard to avoid that change because change is terrifying and Saturn's going to say well hey you don't get to avoid this you have to focus on this and even going back to that lunar eclipse the sun is only two degrees away from both Saturn and Pluto at 22 degrees Capricorn and so the sun is that another point here that is illuminating this whole story the sun is that light of consciousness, that light of awareness that is showing us what we need to be paying attention to. And so we are paying attention to both individually and collectively all of the past conditioning that we've been working through. This could be looking at how we've been parented quite literally with our families of origin, but also how we've been parented by teachers, how we've been parented by external authorities, society. How are we still in some way, shape or form domesticated by some external force telling us how we should live our lives. And so it's really interesting here because when we're working with this energy of transformation with Pluto, we're trying to shift out of the patterns that don't work for us. You said something really good before, Carrie, about how to work with these patterns. Ooh, yeah. Earlier. Of course, I said this before we jumped on to record. <laughs> yeah, there was like an affirmation that you oh. had that was specifically oh. linked. Okay, so there's a really great affirmation that Nura's bringing up that I mentioned earlier before we jumped on here, which is that letting go of what doesn't serve me serves everyone. And it's the acknowledgement that your story is a piece of a masterfully large puzzle of the world. And when you do something that's good for yourself, whether that's getting rid of a bad habit or making a, a big leap or taking a risk to do something that your heart and your soul genuinely want, that ripples through the entire collective to benefit us all. 
Yes. And so a lot of this energy is about coming into your own authority. Mm. In what ways have you given your power away to others to make choices for you? Because Capricorn is at the end of the day about personal responsibility. Snap, snap. It's like poetry right here. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. And so the more we are aligned with what we really want, then we can have that awareness of like, oh, Saturn's bringing discipline. The whole energy of Capricorn is asking me to be more disciplined, more dedicated. Well, to what are you most dedicated? Where is your motivation for discipline coming from? Is, is it coming from that scared voice in your head that says, I'm going to make mommy and daddy mad at me if I don't do what they say? Or is it coming from, this is my path of karma and dharma in my life. And am I aligning with that? Am I doing the things that I know I need to do? Saturn is the reminder of the promises that we made upon incarnating on this earth of how we were going to make the world a better place. And so how does it feel to you when you break a promise? Ooh, right? So if you are not in alignment, you're going to know it. There's no way to hide it this coming up season. And so this can sound kind of heavy, but when you are aligned with your path of what you're supposed to do here, you're fulfilled. You're motivated. Discipline is simply remembering what you want. Ooh, discipline is simply remembering what you want. And a lot of knowing what you want is figuring out if you know why you want it. And if you still don't know what you want, if you can figure out what you don't want. Mm -hmm. Process of elimination. And with Uranus going direct right before this major aspect is happening, if you've been sitting on unearthing the truth for yourself and what needs to be healed in the last year, which I feel like there was so much healing and deep work that happened in 2019, Uranus going direct is here to go, it's game time. Mm -hmm. And all of the planets are direct at the beginning of this year, which is such a support behind this momentum that's propelling us forward. Yes. Yeah, so when Uranus stations direct in Taurus, we're getting this opportunity to go full steam ahead with the routines and schedules and the ways we've sort of organized our lives on the material plane, what kinds of changes that we've been knowing that we need to bring in, we'll be more supported to do those things. Because whenever a planet goes retrograde, there's this internalizing of the energy. We're starting to be really reflective. We're trying to redefine. So maybe when Uranus originally entered Taurus, we may be new. Oh, these are the changes that I need to make to my daily life and my routine and my body and my health and so on. But then when you're in a stationed retrograde, we almost kind of forgot all of those things. So true. And we started to go backwards <laughs> in that sort of momentum of the change that we were going to make because we had to make sure it was aligned subconsciously. We had to make sure it was grounded in authenticity because Uranus is the great awakener. And mm. sometimes the changes that we need to make, they need to be in alignment in order for them to not be these like sudden changes that are really jarring and traumatic and intense, right? Like we're always hoping for a soft landing when we're mm -hmm. making changes. Imagine if you just could not drive a car ever again and that just happened in one day tomorrow. Oh, devastating. Right. Like people wouldn't even know who they are anymore. Right. No. So that's the whole idea around, you know, Uranus stays in one sign for seven years. And so the change, while it's intense, if you look at the beginning of a seven year cycle with Uranus and at the end, I mean, we're going to have a lot of new inventions that are more suitable to sustainability and working with the energies of the earth. And then how as individuals, 
are we taking personal responsibility for our part in that? Right. Mm. And so that's where the Uranus, Taurus energy, trine, all the Capricorn energy, that's where that is overlapping because we have this personal responsibility for the changes that we're making collectively. Mm. And what I always say with Uranus is choose change before change chooses you. So good. (laughs) Absolutely. I actually have said that on here before and you're the first person I ever heard say it. Mm. Yeah. And I, I love it. That's one of my mantras actually because of you. So let us pass that on to you guys who are listening and traveling through the beginning of this year. We're still in January, you guys. This is how crazy this year is. So I'm also curious to hear, because we have the Saturn-Pluto conjunction on the 12th of January, we also have Mercury coming in there as well. That's also going to form a conjunction with Pluto and a conjunction with Saturn. They're all having this big-ass party in Capricorn. Everybody's going up the hill, suit up. We're going to get to the summit. (laughs) What do you think about... Mercury coming in, is that going to help us? Leaders and teachers, get ready because this is your time. But more than anything, Mercury is not going to allow any of the subconscious changes to stay trapped in the subconscious basement. We are going to be thinking about it. We are going to be openly talking about it. We are going to be asking the people around us questions. What do they think about their transformation process? And this is, remember, this is a collective shift. But you also want to look at where you have these degrees, 22, 23 degrees of Capricorn in your chart to see exactly what new level of personal responsibility, of dedication to your path of evolutionary transformation and growth in this life. What is being newly seeded? Because Mercury will be in new phase to Pluto and Saturn. Saturn will be new phase to Pluto, which means we're going to be in this nebulous time where there's no roadmap really we are starting a new path we're literally entering a new paradigm that's literally happening right now and so this i mean yeah we should all be talking about this it feels like mad max that's what i just imagined just going out (laughs) into the desert looking for water (laughs) yeah and again i mean i hope it's a soft landing for you and for however you're experiencing this because change is coming choose change before change chooses you y'all so we have our first mercury retrograde in pisces taking place in february on the 16th it'll be going through its retrograde period until it stations direct on the 9th of march I know y'all are stoked about that Mercury retrograde because we had so much fun (laughs) Uh, for the Scorpio Mercury retrograde that happened in November that just seemed to never end. Uh, But think of all the jewels that you found when you swam all the way to the bottom of the ocean, which is how that felt for me and many, many other people who took all of December to towel themselves off because Mm. of how deep and wet and dark and wonderful that water was. What do you think about that first retrograde out the gate? Well, for one, I personally love water sign retrogrades. I feel like as a collective, we all could benefit from spending more time with our emotions and from consciously connecting with how we feel just to notice what we're noticing and feel what we're feeling. And Mercury retrograde times inherently by their nature, they ask us to stop taking in external information. They want us to go into ourselves and be with ourselves, be with what we already know, and find new levels of integration, find new levels of awareness. And now, of course, in Pisces, this is cosmic consciousness. This is unity consciousness. This is transcendence. Yet it is very grounded. Remember, we have all of the other 
earth signs dominant this year. This is an earth dominant year. In that way, it's very yin year, very feminine energy. We are doing a lot of internal work this year, but it is seeking to be made manifest on the physical plane. So all of this emotional deep diving, similar to that Mercury and Scorpio. I really think about Scorpio as like the cave that is underground. It's kind of dark in there. It's kind of terrifying to get into water when it's also dark. Right? Amen. <laughs> like, I don't see any sharks, but does that mean that there's not any? I don't know about that. You never know. And so with Pisces, it's really similar because think about where the majority of the unknowns are even on this physical planet that we live in. They're in the ocean. We don't know. There could be aliens down there. We have no idea. Okay, there's <laughs> definitely aliens down there. As soon as you say aliens, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> trenches, you know what I mean? Like, I feel Absolutely. like that's all I have to say is like trenches. What's going on in the trenches? And so you can ask yourself that question. What's going on in the trenches of your psyche? Mm, yeah, it is another water retrograde year for Mercury. We do have a lot of retrogrades this year, though, because we also have Mars and Venus going retrograde, which neither of them did last year. And that just adds to the work that we're doing. And on the flip side of that, something that we didn't talk about yet, but just to set the stage, eh, we kind of talked about it because we talked about one of the eclipses, is that we're having six eclipses this year. And last year we had five. The year before that, we had five. Most of the years before that, we had four. We won't have six eclipses in one year again until 2029. So we've got damn near the whole damn decade until we're going to have six eclipses in one year. What does that mean for the collective when we're having all these retrogrades and all these eclipses coming together at the start of a new decade? Eclipses are all about acceleration. And remembering that an eclipse can only occur when the sun and moon, either in their new moon phase or full moon phase, are near enough to the nodal axis to inherently block out light of either sun or moon. So what's happening there is, for one, we're getting a reset, some sort of lights being turned off and then being turned back on. But what it does, being so close to this karmic axis, being so close to the evolutionary axis, which is north and south node, it's accelerating us either forward or backward in our evolution. And I'll also add some context there because I don't really think we can go backwards, so to speak. Same with retrogrades. We don't necessarily go backwards. In a way, it's sort of an illusion. It's like going inwards. Yeah. And it seems like in that whole experience of going inwards, we have to think more about our past. We have to think a little bit more about our history. We have to really be clear on where we're coming from so that while we are making these preparations to move forward, we're very clear on what we're bringing with us and what we're not bringing with us. And so whenever we have an eclipse that's stationed near the south node, so that's if either sun or moon are near the south node, we could call it a south node eclipse. And that means we're looking at either healing something from the past, perhaps we're bringing in something like a gift from the past that needs to be brought in. And if we're looking at an eclipse that's with the north node, it's full speed ahead, full on acceleration into the new. And oftentimes we're like, whoa, I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know what I'm doing here because there's no roadmap, right? Mm. So with that energy of intense acceleration this year combined with that extra Mars and Venus retrograde, we're looking at a lot of reflection on what we really want to take with us. Think about 
what Venus represents and what Mars represent. Taken together as a planetary pair, they are how we relate, masculine, feminine, Mm. the relationships. Arguably, some of the biggest problems that we have in life come down to what happens in relationships of all kinds. Yeah, how we express and take action. How we communicate. (laughs) And how we relate. Yeah. And so that's a big focus. Like We all get this opportunity as individuals to go inside and just be honest and kind and compassionate with yourself about what can change, about what you are doing. This is, again, coming back to that Pluto is always the underlying foundation of whatever's going on. And he's in Capricorn. And that's about personal responsibility. So taking personal responsibility for your choices in relationships, taking personal responsibility for your way of creating whatever's going on in any relationship that you're in. And so then when we have Venus and Mars both retrograde, we'll just be thinking about that a little bit longer. We'll be really getting this opportunity to look at our patterns of relating and shift them if we need to shift them. Lovely. And we're going to dig a little bit more into all of that and give you more of an overview of like, when are those things happening? And in April, we're going to have Chiron form a square to the nodes and Uranus is going to start doing that trine as well. Yes. Yes. When we are considering the movement of the nodal axis they always move in retrograde motion they're always moving backwards through the signs and so as the north and south node get closer to that five degrees four degrees three degrees two and one of course they're going to hit pretty strongly with that three degrees of chiron and three degrees of uranus that they're both pretty close to right now Mm. and not only is that going to create a square between chiron and the south node north node but it's also going to bring up this trine relationship between Uranus and South Node, but then a sextile between Uranus and North Node. Trines always bring ease and they bring harmony of some sort. It's like a gift. So we get to look at what are the gifts of our past, right? We're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Not all of our conditioning is evil, right? There's a lot that we have. There's a lot that we've learned that is helping us and keeping us grounded and moving forward. But we also have this opportunity, which is the energy of a sextile, moving into the future to make it better. We always have a choice to pull in more love, pull in more acceptance, all of the Cancerian energy that's nurturing the great mother, Mm. that reminder of who we really are at our core. And so tying all of that together, while at the same time we have Chiron squaring the nodes, and Chiron is in Aries, Chiron is pointing out the wounded nature of our ego, the wounding of our relationship with ourself. And so in what ways are we going to be asked to bring more loving attention to how we relate with our ego? Our ego is not this part of ourselves that needs to be chopped off and transcended. More than anything, the ego just needs to be brought along and given some sort of task, given the respect for helping us to make our life easier and keeping us safe. And so navigating that journey between perhaps releasing guilt and shame with South Node Capricorn, Mm. but then looking at how can we nurture our ego, remind our ego that they are here serving our heart and that they're still very important. Mm. It's the opportunity to make a commitment to yourself and honor it. Mm -hmm. And that can help you navigate this aspect with more ease 
even though it can cause friction with the square. Yeah, it's, you know, we always look at the resolution node and long story short, you look at which node is clockwise to the planet that's squaring the nodes. And so in this case, the resolution node is the south node. And so that means healing a lot of where we have shamed and guilted ourselves for Mm. either not being who or what we thought we should be by this time or not doing something right or where have we been bad or wrong, basically. And we're learning how to flip that. We're learning how to find like, where's the magic in the mess? Mm, Exactly. I love that. Stepping into, we're in spring now. Woohoo. Welcome to springtime, guys. May the 4th be with you (laughs) on May 4th. Shout out to my friend, Julia. That's her birthday. I love you, Julia. That is when we're going to have the North Node move into Gemini. And it's going to be there until January of 2022. I love that. I'm definitely not going to forget that that's when the nodal axis shifts. So thank you for that. Yeah, now you guys can always remember <laughs> May on May 4th. 4th. May the 4th be with you. And even going back to that whole paradigm of the force, right? Mm. We're learning how to master it. We all have a potential dark side. We can all be seduced by our own power, right? And how are we choosing to use it? Are we using it to abuse ourselves or others, right? To guilt or shame ourselves? Or are we using it to make the world a more beautiful place? Are we sharing our gifts and all the things? And that's very Gemini too, Mm -hmm. is this collective collaboration of North Node and Gemini is the opportunity to say, hey, you know what, Nura? I don't have all the tools, but guess what? You do. And I have the courage to ask you to help me and to contribute and collaborate Mm. together. And that's very much North Node and Gemini. We're in it together. Yeah, and really honing in on that matchmaker energy, too. Absolutely. Some of the highest essence of Gemini is the mastery of the art of relating. It's communicating from the heart. Definitely. I feel that as a Gemini rising, I really, really feel that. Because there's so much more beyond the self. And you can't find that just by chipping away at the same stone by yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to look outside and start realizing that your resources, some of them have to be found. Some of them have to be dug up. Mm. Some of them are you gonna are gonna force you to go back into that deep dark water. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, coming from that South Node Sagittarius energy, this will be new for us because we haven't had our South Node in Sagittarius for eighteen and a half years. It's been oh, eighteen. Snap. Yeah, it's been eighteen and a half years since the South Node was last in Sagittarius. North Node last in Gemini, and so. You can look at what was going on for you in your life, if you can remember around that time. And you can also look at where do you have this axis of Gemini Sagittarius. This is the axis of truth and knowledge and information and opinion and belief and fact. And faith. Yes. With South Node and Sagittarius. Yeah. And what is the interplay between all of that? This is this calling in of the inner guru of the wisdom that you have within, but then again, acknowledging the wisdom of the beginner's mind with Gemini. It's okay to be the student. It's okay to not know something and have to ask somebody else. It's amazing to be able to cultivate that within ourselves because in that way we can let go of any attachments that we have to beliefs 
right? Thoughts become things. We are what we think. And what we think is based on what we believe. Mm. A belief is just something that we've repeated to ourselves enough times that we no longer question it. Ooh, a belief is just something that we've repeated to ourselves enough times that we no longer question it. Not just saying that to echo you. <laughs> That's fucking powerful. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and we can use that to our advantage. This is a great year for calling in affirmations because Sagittarius and Gemini are the power of the word. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. They're the communicators. So this is a year of learning those things that you've been wanting to learn more about. Perhaps you're curious as to how you can take more personal responsibility in your life and to what you want to be dedicated to. Well, we have this beautiful map in the sky that kind of guides us to exactly what we can focus on and so having that north node in gemini is like that guiding light like that north star saying hey if you don't know what to do if you don't know where to put your energy put it in something gemini yeah learn something new or find a gemini yeah find a gemini find a sagittarius go i was gonna say go on tinder i don't know that's that's for (laughs) dating right god i'm so not in the loop Uh, i think there's another app that allows you to make friends bumble I think that's the one. We both didn't do the Tinder age of dating, so we missed I'm that. kind of bummed. I know, right? <laughs> I Well, actually, I'm not bummed because I get to swipe for other people when they mm. give me their phone, which is a terrible, terrible idea. Don't ever give me your phone and let me swipe because <laughs> I swipe the wrong direction. And then you end up on dates with some rando, which is kind of the point, right? Other things that we have going on in the spring that are going to spice up this nodal shift is going to be a series of retrogrades that are also all hitting in May during Taurus season. On May 10th, we're going to have Saturn go retrograde. On May 13th, we're going to have Venus go retrograde. And on May 14th, we will have Jupiter go retrograde as well. So we have three planets all, in a sense, taking a nap. (laughs) So I'll lump Jupiter and Saturn together first, and then I'll talk about Venus. So since Jupiter and Saturn are both retrograding in Capricorn, yes, this is going to pull us just deeper into that awareness of our personal responsibility, dedication. What is that path of alignment? Saturn wants to help us to refine and master something. And so if perhaps you are working on a project already towards the beginning of the year that retrograde time might be a good opportunity to deepen in your project to kind of go back and fix any of the little mistakes really you know dot the i's and cross the t's make sure everything's working well but i wouldn't necessarily start a brand new project during that time okay that's good advice yeah and then with jupiter same thing so since he has yearly transits i tell people first when looking at their charts say they want to be able to come up with a new year's resolution or like put their year down to one word that they want to call in i ask them to look at jupiter and where's jupiter transiting through their chart because jupiter takes a year and so it's very relevant very specific for just that year and so Mm. jupiter and capricorn jupiter is that principle of expansion how we open so there's some aspect of opening to higher self aspirations in a capricornian way so we're opening up and expanding in a practical way and so what's practical about something that you know that you've been wanting to expand in your life what is it that you're working on is there something in career is there something in relationships that you want to expand and then expand in a capricorn way so what does that mean 
slow and steady. It also means leadership. It means personal responsibility. It means authenticity. Mm. It means having a backbone as well. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's wonderful. So speaking of that Jupiter Capricorn expansion, it's going to be there for a year. And that really is, like you said, a great way to kind of hone in on what is your one phrase or your one word that's going to guide you through this year. So a fun question I have for you amidst all of this astrological talk is what would be one word that you would give to this whole year? Dedication. Mm. Knowing what you're most dedicated to. And if you're not sure, figuring it out. Being dedicated to figuring out what to be dedicated to. Yeah. The universe rewards that. Saturn rewards that. Whenever we are looking at a Jupiter transit or a Saturn transit, Saturn and Jupiter, they're both the teachers, right? Saturn's kind of like the strict, stern teacher, and Jupiter's like the happy-go-lucky, really expansive, open, anything is possible. Field trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that kind of teacher. But both of them want you to learn. And if you learn their lessons, usually they're about letting go of something, right? Mm. And so if you're able to let go of something that's holding you back, you will be rewarded with what you most require. Beautiful. And we can't forget about the Venus retrograde. That's happening right in between Saturn on the 10th of May and Jupiter on the 14th. Right before Jupiter goes retrograde, we have Venus going retrograde at 21 degrees in Gemini. And we also, before we jumped on here, we're talking about a conjunction that it'll be making with the North Node that's also in Gemini. And then also to deepen that, Vesta. Yes. Okay, so... Taurus season is going to be popping this year, y'all. So this Venus retrograde, for one, Venus is the most rare of all the planets to go retrograde. And so for that reason, if you do have Venus retrograde in your chart, you're doing something really special with Mm. your patterns of relating. And so for all of us, when we get to feel into that, we are going to be completely reevaluating our patterns of relating. Have you read the book on the five love languages? so important if you haven't read that go read it like just go to google type in five love languages and at least look at one of the pictures yeah it's it's a great place to start and then if you want to go further with that look at your own natal venus retrograde planets always reflex in their energy back to your natal planet so venus retrograde is going to have all of us looking at our own personal venus whatever that sign is and so also the fact that this is going to be conjunct the north node this is asking us to do something new this is taking us into the future this is looking at all of our patterns of relating and finding a new way to align with what we really want to have happen in our relationships again taking a personal responsibility for absolutely everything that happens in your life that includes your relationships And it's not about controlling other people, but it's about acknowledging that you have a lot of power and opportunity to, again, perhaps cultivate beginner's mind. For example, this is Gemini, right? Get curious. Mm. Ask questions of yourself. What do I need? How am I meeting those needs? In what ways am I being dependent on other people to meet my needs? What are the people that are around me? What are their needs? And how can I do my best to help meet those needs if that's on my path? Right? Asking ourselves those kinds of questions. What might I need to learn more about myself and the other person or other people involved in my relationships so that I can create more of what I want in relationship? 
Ooh, and how do I balance it? And how do I express how I value other people in my life? Mm-hmm. And do they bring value to my life? Mm-hmm. Am I keeping people in my inner circle because they've always been there and I'm just going to keep them around? Or because we collaborate well and we build each other up and we're growing and evolving together even though we're different? Venus retrograde is definitely a deeper look into who you have around and why. And yes. And how do you love them? How do you show them that you love them? Yes, yes, yes. And another component of Gemini is language acquisition, right? We can oh, yeah. look at where we have Gemini in our chart to kind of show our learning style, our communication style. So Venus conjunct the North Node might be learn a new language, whether that's literally learning a new language or perhaps learn a new love language. Ooh, or ask people in your life what their love language is or to rank them. This is a great activity that you could do whether you have a partner or just close friends. Have an open conversation about what everybody's love languages are. Yes, communicate about it. Don't be afraid to talk about what is real. And then we bring in Vesta here. Venus is going to be conjunct Vesta on the day that she stations retrograde in Gemini. And so Vesta is the goddess asteroid of sacred service. She is the asteroid of devotion. And sometimes this devotion can look like sacrifice, right? So you can look at like, what are you sacrificing? Must you be sacrificing that? Right? This is a reflection. There's no right or wrong answer. We're post-moral in this society. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. But one of the highest essences of Vesta is that she is sovereign unto herself. Mm. And so if there are any patterns that are linked to codependency, for example, which is pretty much the opposite of sovereignty, right? Yes. That's a good time to let that shit go. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good time to lean on yourself. Yeah. And, And really look at your own power. Look at your own devotion to mastering the art of relationships in your life beautiful and venus is going to go direct in june but before we jump into that we do have another eclipse which is going to be on june 5th we'll have the full moon lunar eclipse it'll be taking place at 15 degrees sagittarius yes so here we have the moon coming together closer to the south node and so when we see sun with north node moon with south node during an eclipse There's this balance that's happening between past and future. We are perhaps emotionally integrating things that have happened in the past and there could be an acceleration of emotional integration or an acceleration of learning something new about how we see ourselves. We may be very specifically attuning ourselves energetically to that Sagittarius south node because the moon will be 15 degrees Sagittarius and that will be calling in that energy of the higher self wisdom of that abstract information, theories, philosophies, higher learning, travel, all the things that help you expand beyond what you thought was possible, all of the things that expand your horizons and help you open up to a higher essence of truth. So we will be aligning with that in our self image. It will become very apparent what kinds of belief systems we're going to be working with this year and how we might be shifting them. And then the sun on the north node is going to be showing us what to pay attention to, perhaps what is missing or lacking or just slightly off about some of the beliefs that we've become pretty attached to. Love it. And then more eclipse magic happening that month in June. This one I love. I try not to pick favorites, but it is the summer solstice. 
It's going to be June 21st, new moon, solar eclipse in Cancer, which is going to be conjunct the North Node which is in Gemini. Yeah, so they're one degree off here, and I love this too. I think it'll be great. This energy of newness, instinctual awareness around what new directions we're going into. It's almost like we get to enjoy that gift of what we've mastered this past year and a half with the North Node in Cancer. Because we had that all of 2019, and this new moon solar eclipse in Cancer is the last hurrah as far as the eclipses go in Cancer. Mm-hmm. Yep, it'll be the last new moon solar eclipse. We will have that upcoming full moon lunar eclipse still in that Cancer Capricorn axis, but this will be the last solar, solar eclipse. eclipse. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. And then back to Venus, even tying that in. Venus is going to go direct at the end of near the end of June. It'll be on the 25th. So right after we have that powerful solar eclipse in Cancer, Venus is going to go, hey guys, I'm awake. Are you guys ready to go? Do you love me? (laughs) (laughs) Do you love you? Yeah. And really important to pay attention to the degree points of Venus traveling backwards through Gemini because we essentially get to experience the passing through those exact same degrees of Gemini by Venus three times. Ooh, yeah. And those are all the same degree points that we will be then consecutively working with, with the North Node in Gemini over the coming year and a half. So what you experience with Venus in Gemini during the retrograde season will be like an amplification of the overall energies to expect for the next 18 months. So where can they look in their chart if they are trying to see how this Venus retrograde might affect them yeah so you want to look at where you have between five degrees gemini and 21 degrees gemini and that's going to show you exactly the degrees and parts of yourself the parts of how you are relating with yourself how you are relating with others and then how does that pave the foundation for what you will be reflecting on over the coming year and shameless plug if you don't understand what any of that means (laughs) and you want to Nura does classes. She also has sessions and we'll be doing a little promo for that at the end of this episode if you keep listening. Yes, so excited about the corsets. So much coming with this new year. So in the summer season, my goodness, guys, I'm telling you, six eclipses. It's no joke. July 5th, right after the 4th of July here for folks in the States, there will be fireworks of an astrological kind. We will have the last full moon lunar eclipse happening in Capricorn. So how does that tie into this very Capricornian year? So this one, the moon is 13 degrees Capricorn, and then we've got both Jupiter and Pluto, who will be just about conjunct at 23 degrees Capricorn. So that's within a 10 degree orb. I call that a conjunction. So this full moon lunar eclipse is going to be conjunct the most intense underlying soul level why of what we are doing here. And so, again, having that emotional focus, you might feel that you're reminiscing about your past around this time. You are perhaps looking once again in the backwards direction of who you used to be, of where you come from, of what you used to think your dreams were, 
Mm. You might feel that something has to die, right? Mm. Because that tends to be the feeling when we have moon near Pluto. And full moons are a great time to release. Yeah. And so, again, remembering that Pluto rules this life-death life cycle. And so when one part of us dies, it's just making more room for that next part to be reborn. So this is a very phoenix rising kind of lunar eclipse here. And with that sun and Mercury both being in Cancer, opposing that Jupiter-Pluto, this is a good time to integrate the new version of self that is seeking to come in. Beautiful. And then taking us back in time briefly... We do also have another Mercury retrograde happening June 18th. Then in July, after we have that full moon lunar eclipse in Capricorn, we're going to have it stationed direct. And that is going to happen on July 12th. Yes. So this is between 5 degrees Cancer and 14 degrees Cancer. And so looking at what is moving through your life in that area of your chart where you have these nine degrees of cancer and again looking at mercury retrograde times as this opportunity to take a break from pulling in information from the outside world and just sitting with yourself sitting with how you feel cancer season really is inviting us into the tide pools right we can think of scorpio this is like dark cave this is very black we don't know what's going on Pisces is very like ocean, like, whoa, that's big. But Cancer, inviting us into the tide pools can be really playful. It can bring us back to the nostalgia of our youth, of our childhood. Usually we can find things here that are like gifts, right? We can find the seashells. We, we might see things that make us sad, but we also find the pretty treasures that we get to take with us. This is where we start to channel our mermaid energy. Oh, I love that. And this retrograde is in between the other two. And it's the only retrograde of 2020 that is purely in one sign. So it is going to be very much that cancer energy of going inward. It might even be a scenario where you feel called to call your mother and get the advice. Or if you have another parental figure or another person who you maybe look up to as a mentor or a teacher that might be the person that you want to go and chat with and review what's going on in your life. Maybe go to them and ask for some advice. And overall, this year is a great year for connecting with mentors, teachers, gurus, yeah, guides. Yeah, Node and Gemini. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that Pluto and Capricorn still. Like Capricorn is the authority and the expert. And on a lot of levels, we're looking in our life to where we are becoming that authority or expert. But then we get to do it through what we are expressing, through what we're communicating, through how we're teaching, through what we're choosing to share with people. That's so much of how I feel about us. I feel like I learned so much from you. Always, always, always. Likewise. It's wonderful. So also in the summertime, we're going to have Uranus go retrograde on August 15th. Any thoughts on Uranus going retrograde? Uranus goes retrograde every year for about half the year. <laughs> it's a long time. And so during our process of awakening, it's kind of like we get to take these like two steps forward, one step back kind of mm. thing. So that 
we get to play with the changes that we've committed to making and then see like, oh, is this is this a realistic change? Should people make changes before Uranus goes retrograde, do you think? Or should they take that time period to consider their options? Anytime before that is a great time to work on changes, but you might find that some of the changes that you make before that you end up revisiting, especially if you're making changes in that pre-retrograde shadow phase, right? Mm. So anytime after April 28th, you're in the retrograde zone. So up until then, up until the end of April, the changes that you make should be pretty long lasting, but the changes that you start to make in your schedule, in your routine after that, between April 28th and August 15th, those will be the ones that you will likely revisit and reflect on and perfect and essentially find the highest version of those things. Because when we have a retrograde period, it's almost like we thought that we handed in the final copy to the teacher. And let's say the teacher is our soul or whoever is the one up there deciding if we're doing a good job or not. But with a retrograde period, we get this revise Mm. opportunity. We get to do it again and say we did it amazingly. Well, we just get to do it that much better. We get this opportunity to make it the best possible version of what we were working on possible. Sounds like a take-home test to me. Yeah, open book. And like we were saying about finding a guide, finding a mentor, digging deep, like those are things that are going to help you. If you are looking at making a major shift in your life in 2020, which probably you are, honestly, with all of these eclipses going on, with the Venus retrograde, with the Mars retrograde, there is so much positive energy moving us forward into this new decade. It's a great time to find your guides. Yes. And during that retrograde period with Uranus, if you're feeling a little lost, you need to reach out. Absolutely. And another thing too, so you want to look at where you have between 6 and 10 degrees of Taurus in your chart to really understand what is being changed and so for most of us it's Taurus this is some aspect of how we relate to the material world that's what's changing for all of us and now where do you have those degrees of Taurus in your chart it will tell a deeper story lovely and then jumping into September we will have Jupiter going direct on September 12th in Capricorn at 17 degrees So what we tend to experience when Jupiter goes direct, as we recently experienced when Jupiter went direct in Sagittarius, Jupiter also does his retrograde dance for about four months every year. And so during that four months, it's again, like we get this revision opportunity to make it the absolute best. And Jupiter, his function is about expansion but you can think about the retrograde period as the contraction part of the expansion it's kind of like if you could imagine an accordion we open up during the beginning stages the beginning degrees of jupiter and capricorn this year and then we contract during that retrograde and we make sure that whatever the wisdom that's being downloaded to us it becomes embodied we have to turn the experiences that we're having into wisdom through actually doing them, right? So for example, say you do some sort of spiritual practice and you're given a mantra by a teacher or you're given an affirmation. I'm going to give you one because it sounds fun. Yes. Life happens for me, not to me. Let's go with that. Life happens for me, not to me. Now you've received that nugget of wisdom, but it's not fully integrated yet because you just heard it. 
Now you need to go through your actual life experience and let it become embodied. Let it become integrated. Sometimes you need to fall off the horse in order to know what it means and in order to connect with the grace and the humility that it requires to get back up on the horse. And life will test you. It makes me think about earlier today. I went to go get breakfast and I rolled in at 11.05 to order my breakfast and they were like, yo, we're not serving breakfast anymore. Points to sign, breakfast served until 11 a.m. And in that moment, I was like, life happens for me. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I wanted my breakfast sandwich. I had to embrace that. Yeah. And I got a fucking burger. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it was delicious. Yeah. And so that that (laughs) retrograde period is when we get to embrace the energy of contraction because it's necessary in order to really ground in and integrate what wisdom we're learning. And then when Jupiter stations direct, now it's become wisdom. What mantra or affirmation we were given in the beginning of the year becomes experienced, becomes embodied wisdom by the end of the year. Mm, I love that. And if you're listening to this, whether it's at the beginning of the year, midway through the year, towards the end of the year, it'll be out all year. It'll be out years from now. Hello, if you're listening in 10 years from now, that's awesome. (laughs) Pick a mantra and just try to bring that with you everywhere you go. Obviously, something positive. (laughs) Hopefully, something positive. Something that's going to affirm more confidence, light, wisdom inside of you. And you're on a soul level, of course. It's so full of a podcast, y'all. We got to dig into that. (laughs) Yes. After we've got Jupiter going direct, we have a final Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. This might give people some... Heebie-jeebies. PTSD to the Mercury (laughs) retrograde in Scorpio of 2019 in November. And it's going to be hanging out there as per usual for about three weeks. It's going to jump and go direct in Libra which will be on November 3rd. So any thoughts or wisdom for the final retrograde period of the year to share with our listeners? Absolutely. So, I mean, second time around, two years in a row, having a Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, we're going to be a lot better at it next time. We know what we're working with, right? Yeah. So more than anything, when we are working through Scorpio energy, it's about confrontation. That's what it is supposed to be about. (laughs) So if you are resisting confronting yourself or resisting confronting what's not working, resisting confronting your own limitations and your own patterns, that's when it's hard. If you align with the process of confrontation in whatever way that that's coming up for you, you can find the grace in it. You can find greater ease, right? We are going to go through the eye of the needle of transformation one way or the other we could do it the easy way or we could do it the hard way yeah we can do it willingly or we can be dragged through the mud or in this case we would say it's a deep water cave no lights (laughs) and what you're saying about confronting it is about confronting your own healing and that's why I felt 2019 that last mercury retrograde that hit me just made me go wow this was a profound year of deep healing Mm -hmm. and unearthing real truths that had been buried all the way at the bottom of Mm -hmm. that deep dark ocean think about what most people tend to do when they're confronted by pain is we tend to distract ourselves it's very easy to do that 
we are connected constantly to media and technology and information. But what we're supposed to do during a Mercury retrograde period is not take in any extra information. And so when we're faced with that opportunity to confront what is needing to be healed, the less distraction that we give ourselves, the more we allow ourselves to feel into whatever pain's coming up, the more that we allow ourselves to be present with ourselves and not abandon ourselves in those really challenging times, usually the quicker it wants to move through us, right? It's when we're distracting that soul task that it's just like knocking on the door. It's like, I'm here. We're going to work on this. And you're like, I don't really want to work on that. I want to <laughs> play this game. <laughs> I want to binge watch a Netflix series during Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> yes, that's so true. But that's not going to help you through it. It's yeah, not going to go any faster. Yeah, so whatever it is that you need to confront is going to be there after. And so this is just the time, again, to you know reach out to a guide, especially in Scorpio. Scorpio is an interpersonal sign. It's like the number one season that I give readings. For example, I give the highest number of readings during Scorpio season. And it's for good reason. It's a good idea to have a guide, a good idea to have somebody say, hey, you're working through some tough stuff. And to be 100% validated for that and to be affirmed for that and reminded that you're on your path. Scorpio season, you're not meant necessarily to be by yourself. You can be with somebody else. Somebody else can be holding your hand. Somebody else can be guiding you through the work that you have to do alone, but you don't have to be alone through it. That's so beautiful. And something I'll definitely be channeling when we enter this period of the year, because I know how rich it is with wisdom that I do and do not want to hear, <laughs> as do probably many of our listeners. Mm -hmm. It's also a good time to schedule a fight. <laughs> yeah if you're one of those people who in relationship likes to fight like you kind of get off on it and you you know pick a fight if you haven't had one in a while a retrograde period of any sign is a good time to schedule a fight you know and especially because we know like if you're in a heteronormative relationship and, and most men in general tend to have about nine minutes of fighting before they hit the point of white rage and so it's good, especially if you're a woman, because you could go on for hours. You can schedule, okay, <laughs> we're going to have a fight next Tuesday afternoon at about 5.30. Be ready. We're going to fight from 5.30 to 5.39, and we're going to have our, like, <laughs> we're going to be ready for this fight, right? But if you do it during a retrograde period, usually you're more easily able to confront the difficult topics because communication is already weird and difficult, so you feel less awkward about having an awkward conversation. Yeah. Take that last retrograde period in 2020 as a time to have those awkward tough conversations i like to say fierce conversations because if you've listened to the first episode of this podcast then you know that one of the guiding pieces of this podcast in its birth which oh my gosh this will be around its birthday it'll ah, be how exciting it's solar return yes I got a little sidetracked but one of the guiding i want to say affirmations but that's not what it is it's a quote is from Susan Scott's Fierce Conversations. All conversations are with ourselves. Some conversations involve other people. So if you have something to hash out with your significant other, with a friend, with that person at the dog park who's fucking weird, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is in your life, the person that you need to hash it out with, hash it out. But also take into consideration that everything you say to them, you're also saying to yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's so much power to that. And I love that forever and ever. Read that book. <laughs> it's uh, I'm so all good. about the reclamation of power. Yep. 
hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's the jewel of Scorpio season. And you have to go to the bottom of the fucking ocean to unearth <laughs> it, you guys. I'm telling you, it's worth it. You can hold your breath. You got this. And then your guide sitting in a boat waiting for you to come up. <laughs> and right before that Mercury retrograde takes place, we will have Pluto stationing direct at 22 degrees in Capricorn. And that's setting us up for heading into the election season here in the United States. So any thoughts that you have on Pluto direct before we hit election day on November 3rd? Oh, that's also the day that Mercury goes direct in Libra. Interesting. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun year, I think, especially if you're paying attention to what's going on in the States, especially because Capricorn as an archetype represents societal structure. Mm, Government. Yeah, that's how we structure reality. And also when we're talking about authority, how have we projected authority? How have we projected what is going to be our path and who's in control of that? Who is navigating the decision? Who's steering the ship? In what ways have we given our power away to government in a lot of ways? But I really think that we need to come into our greater autonomy, greater internal authority to be able to know how to rule and guide ourselves, whether we're talking about it on an individual level, but definitely collectively. Think about how much can change in the collective if every individual is empowered with understanding their own authority. And if you're empowered to understand your own authority, how much more likely are you to actually vote? Yes. Vote. Vote. <laughs> if you're listening to this in the new year, mid through, way through the year, whenever you're listening to this, please fucking vote. <laughs> if you can vote, just do it. I don't even give a fuck who you vote for. I don't. I mean, there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer, but I'm just kidding. Sorry, that's opinion speaking. I can't help but be opinionated, you guys. I am a Gemini rising. But it's interesting that we have Pluto going direct about a month before the election's going to pop up. But it'll still be in that retrograde zone through the end of January 2021. Yes. And on actual election day, we have Pluto at 22 degrees in Capricorn forming an almost exact conjunction with Jupiter, mm-hmm. which is going to be mm-hmm. at 21 degrees. That's balsamic to Pluto. Yes. So these conjunctions these almost conjunctions that'll happen a couple times this year between jupiter and pluto jupiter likes to expand whatever he touches he's like a magnifying glass he makes it easy to see our bullshit (laughs) (laughs) and with pluto with the collective there's a lot my thoughts on this we're gonna see a lot more than we usually see because this whole process is going to be magnified this is going to be a big think jupiter big biggest planet in the solar system big energy around how we are restructuring society i love that and you can interpret that however you want for whatever party you're trying to vote for which is great all that we care is that you guys vote yeah and we can really use that energy of south node sagittarius and north node gemini to cultivate more openness for all of the various perspectives that there are out there. We all have different interests. We all have a different frame of reference for why we would choose what we would choose, why we believe what we believe, and all perspectives are valid. And so that's another component of reclaiming your power and knowing that your voice does matter. 
and also giving space for even if there are disagreements between others, because that's very definitely going to come up with North Node and Gemini. It's pretty much asking for almost every belief that we are rigid about to be in some way, shape or form confronted by the opposite opinion with mm. North Node and Gemini so that we can cultivate greater tolerance, acceptance, awareness, appreciation for all of the different perspectives out there. Absolutely. And find some neutral ground. Mm-hmm. I was reading something recently that said neutrality is a higher vibration of the soul self. And I thought that was interesting. It's something I'm still chewing on. It seems to speak to the non-attachment yeah. factor. Because I'm so attached to me being right, which really is me being attached to you being wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting when you think about it from that way. These are things that are going to be coming up all year long. No matter where you are, but absolutely, if you are in the States like we are, it's going to be a very prevalent year for clashing of opinions and folks feeling challenged. Mm -hmm. And it's like the whole, if six was nine, did they draw six or did they draw a nine, right? When you're standing on one of those sides or the other, you're arguing for your position. No, it's a six. And then the other person's just as adamantly arguing for the opposite. And then maybe you are able to be big enough, able to be brave enough to go and look on that other side and see, huh, maybe you're right. You know, I could see how it could be looked at this way. That's literally stepping into somebody else's shoes, which which is a Gemini gift to be able to do that. But then also, of course, we're going to be confronted with what is ultimate truth with South Node and Sagittarius. So you could also have that person who comes in and then says, well, somebody originally did mean to draw this as six or nine. So they should have put a line under it so that we would know what was the truth of this situation. Right. So we're still going to be confronted with that energy as well. And so just looking for that, looking at how do you yourself relate to your opinions, your beliefs, and then when you are confronted with something that you don't agree with, what do you do? What do you say? What kind of person do you become? What kind of person do you want to become? Is there something that you want to shift out of in that pattern? What's more important, being right or being love? I'd rather be love. Me too. And wrapping up towards the end of 2020, On November 30th, we have our final full moon lunar eclipse happening in Gemini. It's a very Gemini year. It's a lot of Gemini and a lot of Capricorn happening here. Yes. With the full moon being conjunct the North Node, this is again another opportunity for full on acceleration to the future. The other one that we're experiencing this year is in Cancer. And so that will be that calling in of self-love and nourishment and self-care and really, you know, honoring your boundaries and knowing who you are and your core identity and all of those things. But here in Gemini, it's going to be really mastering being a student, mastering being a teacher, mastering your voice, really coming into greater authenticity around the words that you speak calling in one of the four agreements which is to be impeccable with your word Ooh, yes also a great book guys we're just giving you book recommendations Mm -hmm. that's what this actually is oh yeah (laughs) i mean if there was ever a year to join a book club i mean come on oh my gosh isn't that (laughs) the truth i hope somebody hears this and goes i'm gonna start a book club Mm -hmm. so wrapping up this wonderful year filled with change and dedication we are going to have 
the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that is going to be on December 21st in Aquarius. Interesting that that is also happening on winter solstice. Mm -hmm. Just like we had the new moon solar eclipse in Cancer, which was June 21st. That was the summer solstice. So there's an interesting connection between those two. What do you think about that conjunction? Kind of bringing this whole epic year to an end. Jupiter conjuncts Saturn once every 20 years, and this is known as the Great Conjunction. And if you follow the relationship between Jupiter-Saturn, this is the expansion, contraction, refinement, growth phase of society. So we can look at when they last conjuncted, which was about 20 years ago, and we can look at how much has shifted societally since then. Wow. A lot. A lot. I'm like looking at my phone. (laughs) This didn't exist. That's crazy. Yeah. So many things we use now every day we didn't have. Oh, and imagine how much more there will be now that Jupiter and Saturn are going to be conjunct in Aquarius. The information sign, the technology sign. Wow. Yeah. So we are really catapulting ourselves into quite literally a new paradigm. I mean, think about all of the deconditioning and reconditioning and looking at what needs to be torn down, looking at what needs to be built back up with Jupiter and Capricorn throughout the year. And then finishing up the year with quite literally entering a new paradigm of Aquarius, the new age. Damn, I'm here for it. And there is, of course, there's a ton more going on in the year of 2020, guys. You're just going to have to keep up with the monthly segment where we'll cover it more in depth for each month and each season. And then to finish up, I asked you to give us one word for the year based on all the astrology that's happening and for the collective. And you chose dedication. And I love that. I'm curious if you have one word for your year for 2020. What would it be? And if one word's too much, give us a phrase. Flexible. I am dedicated to the path of my highest awakening and service. Ooh. Personally, that's what I'm coming into. I have all of this Capricorn stellium happening on my midheaven. <laughs> that's in about my, career. Yeah, my contribution to society. And so for me, this is like full steam ahead. I guess I'm going to have to do all of this more publicly from now on. That's right. Well, this is the beginning right here. Share with your friends, y'all. Okay. Other question that I have for you is, and this is just my last question. And I didn't ask you this last time and I can't believe it, but what are you so full of right now? I am soul full of curiosity, wonder, and amazement for all of the beauty that I am firsthand witnessing all around me. Oh my gosh. That touched my heart and my soul. And that's what this podcast is about. And I can't say thank you enough for joining me, for joining us again, for contributing all of your insights and knowledge. There is so much to learn and you are such a wonderful guide. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here and to be able to talk about these things with people who want to hear about it and want to learn about it and who are curious about these cosmic patterns that influence our lives. This year is going to be a big one for all of us, and I want to provide as many resources to help guide you through it. The first resource I have for you is Via Nura, who has generously given us a discount code for any of her readings or her courses. That coupon code is SOULFUL, S-O-U-L-F-U-L, and you will receive 15% off. Again, that's courses 
and readings. And she has a lot of different kinds of readings. You can check them out for yourself on her website, which is neurarachelle.com. That's N-U-R-A-R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. Another way you can connect with her is on Instagram. Her handle is at moon.mystic. I also post about her on my Instagram at soulfulofit all the time. And in my link tree on my profile, I have a link to an article that she wrote for us in support of episode 11, which was navigating your Saturn return. If you haven't listened to that yet, I absolutely recommend that you check it out. It is so powerful and full of amazing information. Another resource I want to give to you guys is to mention my mindfulness community, Affirmation Destination. We have an Instagram at Affirmation Destination. We also have a Facebook group, and this is a place where you can connect with me, but you can also connect with a lot of other like-minded people and grow your positivity and mindfulness practice. We host 30-day affirmation challenges throughout the year, and we provide weekly affirmations for months that we aren't hosting a challenge. It's just a really great way to work on being more positive and more loving towards yourself. So I recommend checking that out as well. It's also linked in my Soulful of It Instagram profile. And lastly, I want to close up this episode just by thanking you so much for your support. For those who have gone and left me a five-star rating and a review on iTunes, I see you. I thank you. It means a lot to me. If you haven't done that and you have access to iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you would do that because it helps me get seen and it helps inform other people who are listening to podcasts that this podcast is worth their time. And whether you have iTunes or not, you can always help me out by sharing the episode with your friends, with your family, with your therapist, with your dog. I don't care. Share it out with whomever you think would enjoy it. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to my podcast and support me and our monthly hosts and all the guests that we've got coming up and those who have already contributed. There's a lot of awesome, exciting things planned for 2020, and I cannot wait to share it all with you. Thank you again so much from the bottom of my heart and my soul. I hope that you all have a wonderful new decade that is so full of everything your heart desires.